TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Love me some snare drum. <laughs> that, of course, means it is time for the Score North Gopher Show. I would be Ross Brendel. We'll get the introductions and the pleasantries out of the way here very quickly. Ross Brendel, at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Joined in studio by my good friend, not even making that up. That part is true. <laughs> Manny Hill, at Manny Hill 84 on the Twitter machine. Manny, I thought this would be a ton of fun if I had you join me and come on down. It's great to see you. Yeah, and a great time to to be on. I mean, this is this is as good as it gets for uh, to talk go for football, and this is this game is as big as it's ever been now. Especially with the when you factor in the the rivalry and the stakes that are that are at hand here, and and what a win for the Gophers on Saturday could mean for the program. I, I'm just I'm excited to be on here with you. There is an incredible amount on the line, as Manny alluded to. A couple of great guests on this edition: Colton Bartholomew. He is the Badger football beat reporter for the Wisconsin State Journal. He will join us in just a little bit. But first, we are very happy to have back on the show former Golden Gopher tight end and Super Bowl champion, among many things, if we're just talking football. Those are the highlights. Mr. Ben Utech, you can find him on Twitter, of course, at Ben Utech. Ben, great to hear from you. Thank you for making time for the Score North Gopher show. Thanks a ton. No problem, guys. And just wondering, do I do I kind of fit into that inner circle of friendship? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no okay, question. Good. Yeah, abso- oh, good. Okay. absolutely. Mainly, I know you and Manny, of course, have the Hastings connection. I've eaten yeah. in Hastings a few times, so I think that counts for something. <laughs> it depends on where. Depends on where. Well, I can't give away my sources. A good reporter okay. can't. <laughs> Ben, Ben, a former player, you have great ties to the U. What would winning the Big Ten West, a possible Rose Bowl appearance, maybe even a college football playoff appearance if things go incredibly well, mean to just a former player like yourself? You know, honestly, um, it would mean the completion of a dream. And I say that because, you know, I, I, I remember, uh, and I was still 16 years old after my junior year, year in, in, uh, in, at Hastings High School when Glenn Mason offered me a scholarship. And I remember reaching across his desk to shake his hand. And what sold me was the idea of, of uh, bringing back the glory of, of Gopher football. And, you know, we, along with a number of other great players when I was at the university, really genuinely believed that we had what it takes to do that. And we had some great, great years um, and, and came very close a couple of times. And so really what this feels like to me is I'm, I'm, I'm almost watching unfold what I had always hoped and why I committed to staying home in the great state of Minnesota. And so for me, it's like the completion of the whole reason why I chose to, to be a gopher. And so it, it would just uh, mean uh, more than I can put into words. Ben, how much is this rivalry between the Gophers and, and the Badgers meant meant to you as a, as a former Gopher, as a native Minnesotan? I mean, we we always seem to have this sort of underlying rivalry with the state of Wisconsin with our sports teams, whether it's the Vikings and the Packers or the Gophers and the Badgers. You know, the Wolves and the Bucks, maybe not so much, but mm-hmm. there always seems to be just sort of this 
rivalry between the two states. And for you as somebody that grew up here in the state yeah. of Minnesota and wore the maroon and gold for a number of years, I mean, what is this this rivalry game for Paul Bunyan's axe meant for you uh, against the Badgers? Yeah, you know, you you got to love the border battles um, that this that this state has when it comes to its sports. And, you know, I, I think that what what was so being a player in those games, what was so magical was you knew that these games you were going to get the you were going to get the best out of your fans. And, you know, when these games happen every single season, you, you the adrenaline uh, is hard to put into words because you, you know, the stadium is full and, and the passion is more thick uh, than, than, than it ever is during the rest of the season. And, and now when you have records at, at stake and, and, and um, Rose Bowl and, and championships at stake, it even raises, it even raises the bar. But there was nothing like being at the Metrodome when it was completely sold out. I mean, you guys remember how loud uh, the decibels were in that stadium, and to experience that, and to, and to uh, you know, we beat the Badgers twice when I was uh, when I was playing, and and. and um, what that does to a team, how it brings a team together and really affirms, you know, the decision that you made to stay and play um, is is pretty special. Ben, is the trash talk a little bit different in these rivalry games when Minnesota takes on a Wisconsin or an Iowa? Is it a little bit different than maybe when you take on an Illinois or a Northwestern or an Indiana? You know, I, I to be quite honest with you, I never... I never experienced a, a, a tremendous amount of trash talk. I think the intensity levels, though, um, are definitely heightened. I think that, um, you know, because players are seem to be um, playing with more passion, you definitely the emotion, the emotional highs and lows are, are that you experience are much greater. Um, you know, but but you know, it's it's inter- interesting because as an offensive player. You, you have to keep your, you know, you, you have to keep your cool, you know, it, because you have to always move on to the next play. And so, you know, really it's, it's the flip side is how do you stay under control? You know, when, when a game like this is happening, right? Because you're, everything's not going to go your way. So you have to always maintain that constant focused um decision-making ability throughout the entire game, no matter what's happening, in order to be the best you can be. When you look at to, or this week's matchup, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a unique one considering, you know, where the, where the Gophers are and, and what a win on Saturday could mean for them. But you, you look at this matchup, and it's it's interesting because Wisconsin is pretty much the same program with the same sort of playing style that – they were when you were a gopher and and for many years before that i mean they are they seem to be just the the run first we're going to establish the run we're going to pound you with our offensive line we're going to make sure our quarterback doesn't you know doesn't make mistakes and just makes all the the key easy throws and and it's really an interesting dynamic because the gophers have we've seen the gophers sort of you know morph into a various different types of of teams over the years and Obviously, you can you know attribute that to different coaches and things like that, but and different players. But 
it, it really is an, an interesting contrast that you have the Badgers that have kind of been the same for you know almost three decades now since Barry Alvarez took over in the early nineties, mm-hmm. and the Gophers have sort of morphed into now. Uh, a, a program that is, you know, throwing the ball at a level that we really haven't seen in a while. Man, I know it was funny you say that, Manny, because I, being a receiving tight end, um, that had to wait behind the the Barbers of the world and the Maronis of the world and the Thomas Tapes, and you know, we ran the ball in the, in the Mason offense, you know, eighty ninety percent of the time, and I just am licking my, I'm just thinking, golly, if I. I just wish I would have been a part of a <laughs> of an offense like they like they're having this year. Um, I love that. I think that um, we we've got we've got a, um, we've got a, a great set of running backs, so we know that we can move the ball on the ground. But now we've got a quarterback who I think has been somewhat of a pleasant surprise, um, and 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 I, I love the play action, and I love the ability for the quarterback to get out of the pocket and and, and make you know, make uh, throws downfield. So, but, but I think what you're talking about though, is the reality that this is, this really, this game is going to come down to coaching. Uh, Both, both teams have talent on both sides of the sides of the ball. You've got the, um, the consistency of, of Wisconsin over the years, you've got kind of the, the, um, the agile Minnesota offense and talented defense. So I I think a lot of this is going to come down to the drawing board and we're going to really see two coaching staffs competing as much as we are the the athletes on the field. And so I'm 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 hopeful and looking forward to seeing what uh, what PJ's coaching choices are going to be for this week. Ben Manny and I were talking off the air just a little bit. I think we're going to go into this later in the show, but interested to get your thoughts. We were just talking off the air about how different these coaches are, yet they both appear to be getting results. I look at it where I'm interested in digging into your knowledge is just from the recruiting aspect. When these guys go out and basically pitch the program, for somebody like you, what were you looking for? Were you looking for somebody more rah-rah like PJ, or were you looking for somebody more maybe along the lines of Paul Christ, who seems to be a little bit more laid back, or... Does that stuff not even matter? Are you looking for other things? What is a recruit looking for when a coach is finding them? Well, the, the first part of that is I, I was looking for someone that I could believe in, you know, someone that I, I felt had the, the best interests of of, uh, of the university and of uh, of the legacy of, of the Minnesota Gophers. And I, and I felt that, that Coach Mason had that. Um, you know, I've played under a number of different coaching styles you know from the rah-rah type uh to the quiet strength type of of tony dungy and i think what it all comes down to is culture you know i'm 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 a big uh i'm a big supporter of of building uh, a chosen culture that that uh, players can believe in and you know, when you look in the NFL, you've only got I think twelve of the thirty-two teams that have won a Super Bowl. And when you look at when you look at those organizations, I think even though you have different coaching styles, different talent levels, what you do see is you you see a very unique championship culture. And that's the thing that I I think um, is what's profound about PJ. You know, whether you like his style or not, the reality is is he's brought in a culture now that I 
truly believe the players have bought into. They're all in. And that's what's going to make this program sustainable. You know, I've talked with PJ a number of times about this, and, you know, he, he's not interested in in, in uh, defining his, his team by single-game wins. He wants, he wants uh, you know, the Gophers to be a top-10 team every year. In order to do that, you've got to have a culture that players – uh, will experience and you know when they're being recruited and they're going to say man i i have to be a part of this environment um, this is an environment that i will thrive in and that we will win in and i think that that's what he's been working towards and we, we've seen the results um, as he's brought in more talent than, than we've seen in the in the past 10 15 20 years ben how good is rashad bateman this kid is just he he's he's amazing he makes so many plays he's improved his game so much just from a freshman to now being a sophomore and and the the way he and Tyler Johnson have been able to complement each other on the field as as receivers it's it's just really been exciting to see and you know and maybe you look at PJ sort of being a former wide receiver himself that this was just sort of a match made in heaven so to speak with yeah. with a head coach and and this talented group of receivers but you know, and Tyler's fantastic as well, and he's certainly going to be playing on Sundays, I think. But Rashad is just when you look at him and 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 the fact that he's only a sophomore and he's only going to get better, which is kind of a scary thought. It's it's really incredible to see. Man, I I love it. I you know I've I've been a part of some great uh, wide receiver tandems. Um, when I was with Indianapolis, we had we had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and. And um, and what that does to an offense is it spreads it out. You're you're able to hit multiple targets across the field, and that's going to do nothing but open up the run game and and also open up the middle and give your tight ends an opportunity to be to become a part of the offense as well. So I, I think that uh, those two guys together are so dynamic, and and I can't wait to see how they perform on Saturday. At the time people are listening to this edition of the Score North Gopher Show, they're either prepping their Thanksgiving turkey, they're eating their Thanksgiving turkey, or they have the tired turkey-itis, Ben. But as we're through Thanksgiving, you know what that means. Christmas is right around the corner, and I know you and I, we share a love for Christmas music. I need yeah. you to tell me about an Andy and Bing Christmas, because as you know when we last talked, this is right up my alley. Well, I partnered with uh, a Minnesota Music Hall of Famer, a guy named Mick Sterling, um, and we, together alongside Kate Fierro, who's one of uh, uh, Minnesota's just elite female singers, we we built a, an Andy and Bing Christmas 19-piece orchestra. It's the full Christmas albums of Andy Williams and Bing Crosby. And, um, you know, it is a fantastic show. We start December 1st at Pantages Theater um, downtown in Minneapolis, and then we have, I think, uh, 13 more shows over the course of the month that you can find on our web website, uh, andyandbingchristmas.com. And I'm telling you, if you, if you want to relive the classics, um, there's no better show in town to do it to do it with. Ben, I really hope you have the uh, best of holiday season. I know I tried last time to come down and see, and I couldn't quite make it. But I don't have many great excuses this time because I have a month. So I'm looking forward to trying to find find a way to make it happen. So thanks a ton for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. 
enjoy the gopher game on saturday hopefully a big 10 championship game and maybe we'll catch up on or around whatever bowl game they end up playing in but very grateful of your time thanks for being so good to us and i wish you nothing but the best with an andy and bing christmas andy and bing com. thanks ben thanks guys Awesome stuff right there from yeah. Ben. How can you beat that, Manny? Yeah, he's he's the best. He's uh, I, I, obviously we both remember him as a player with with the Gophers, and um, you know certainly we saw him in, in his time in Indianapolis on part of a great Super Bowl winning team in the Colts. And I mean he's just just a just a great guy, and you can tell that obviously as a former Gopher that he's excited for this time of Gopher football. It's 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 uh it's really cool. Really cool. How about that line, Manny? I believe he said if the Gophers basically win the West, I asked him, you know, Rose Bowl, maybe even college football playoff, what would that mean? And I believe his response was something along the lines of the completion of a dream. Yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think... That's not a current player. That's a former player. Yeah. And, and the amazing thing about this, Ross, is i had this talk with doogie on the air last week when doogie filled in on on score north live is just the fact that we're having this conversation about this program now is just in itself is amazing like let's let's be honest i mean it it's been a while since this program has had this much success on the field winning 10 games and getting themselves and you know they were in a position a similar position five years ago where they were getting ready to play the badgers for a chance to go to the big 10 championship game but I think when you look at where this program is now, where P, what with what PJ has done in you know two almost three full seasons now, it's it's been remarkable and it's it's an incredible amount of fun. And what I like about it is you're you're seeing that all the former Gophers, Ben, you know, I know the Mackie and Jub with Rami had Adam Weber on a couple of weeks ago. All of the alumni, they're loving every bit of this, and they feel every bit of as a part of this as the current players and the current coaching staff it's it's really amazing Manny I'm kicking myself and I really hope that Ben goes back and listens to this interview I don't know if he will or not I'm hoping he does because I wanted to revisit a topic remember you did the last Ben Utech interview with me mm-hmm. and he talked about coach Mason sent a player to McDonald's made him run back and back and forth to McDonald's right mm-hmm. and I don't believe Ben gave us the name I don't believe he told us. I think That's right. I think he might have told us what position he thought it was. <laughs> but fast forward like a month, and one of his uh, a guy I'm assuming he knows fairly well, probably still keeps in contact with former Gopher quarterback Brian Cupido. That's right. And I asked him. I, I basically said, Ben told us this great story about sending a player to and from <laughs> McDonald's. Do you have anything that could top that story? And Brian just kind of laughs and says. That was me. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, how awesome yeah. is that? Now, Brian did say maybe Coach Mason did that with other players, mm-hmm. but it is funny that I would bring that up and Brian just outs himself. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I did that. Yeah, that, that's awesome. By the way, if you didn't hear that interview, go back and listen to it in this feed. I believe that may have been prior to the Penn State game. Yeah. I want to give Brian a ton of credit. I don't know, and Manny, I've been doing this off and on for 12, 13 years now at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever interviewed somebody who was so, in my opinion, whether you believe it or not, I thought he was actually kind of hard on himself. At times he would say things like, well, if I was a little bit better, who knows where that season would have went, right? Yeah. But from my standpoint, I just thought that was awesome. 
Yeah. So if Brian's listening to this, I, I appreciate that openness and candor, and I appreciate Ben making time for us too. Yeah, it's 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 just amazing, and um, you know I know we got to get to the next guest here in a minute, but I mean it, it, it's just it's so everybody's buying awesome. in. Yeah, everybody's buying in, and credit to PJ, credit to this team that has pulled together this season, and I, I mean. Obviously, winning on Saturday would be incredible and amazing. But I, I think just the fact that PJ has gotten the program to this point, to where we're having these conversations and they're legitimate conversations, is uh, it, it's incredible. It's been great. In the grand scheme of things, as far as maybe winning the Big Ten West, the Northwestern game probably didn't matter a ton. Right. But where it did matter, and nobody wants to hear this, I don't even really like to talk about it, but in my opinion, where it did matter is by beating Northwestern, you assured yourself at worst you're playing on New Year's Day. Yeah. You're absolutely at worst playing on New Year's Day in something like the Outback Bowl or the Capital One Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that they would finish 10-2 and two and that's going to happen, I would have jumped at it. Yeah. Now, I'm also the guy, and we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. expectations change as the, yes, year, they do. as the year goes and on. And I'm with you on that. Yeah. I want the game on Saturday badly, but the fact that we know they're going to be playing in a New Year's Day Bowl for the second time in... Five years, six years? 2014. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And again, credit to PJ for getting them in this in this position. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think over the course of the season, you know, I, I mean, Ross, I'll be honest. When we watched them go through the non-conference schedule, you know, because going into the season, I thought, okay. I told you, our guy Murph's going to come after me because I went after after everybody and said, if you still think this is a nine-win team, that's on you. And I thought going into the season, I thought this team's going to win eight or nine games and maybe put themselves in the conversation of winning the Big Ten West. And then I went on Mackie and Judd with Rami and write that down and said, you know what? What the hell? I'll just I'll just go ahead and say it. The, the Gophers will win the Big Ten West, but really in the back of my mind, I'm not thinking that that's really going to come into fruition. And then after the non-conference schedule, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is probably going to be like a seven-win season, and that's okay. I mean, as long as the wheels don't come tumbling off, we're okay here. But now, I mean, it's it's we're talking Rose Bowl, we're talking Big Ten championship game, perhaps depending on what happens on Saturday, uh, it's it's amazing. It's incredible. It's been a fun ride this season so far. I'll say this, and then we'll we'll hit a break because we have to come back with Colton Bartholomew from the uh, Wisconsin State Journal diving deeper into the Badgers. This season is so crazy that think about what could happen to the Gophers. They could beat the Badgers. Let's say they beat Ohio State. They could wind up in the college football playoff and miss the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And Gopher fans would be happy. Yes. Right? <laughs> right. Yes. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We will talk uh, more Gophers and Badgers right here on the Score North Gopher Show. Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. 
Welcome back to the Score North Gophers show. As mentioned before the break, Colton Bartholomew from the Wisconsin State Journal, the Badgers football beat reporter, would be joining myself and Manny Hill. And as promised, Mr. Bartholomew joins us now. Thank you, Colton. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. Well, this is going to be a ton of fun on Saturday with all that's on the line, Colton. You have, first off, you have the axe, which for the first time in my adult life, I'm 33, the axe doesn't seem so important because of what else is on the line. It feels like the door prize you get for winning, but the winner takes the West and gets a chance at Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. What's the general feel right now around the football program and maybe even within the fan base? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like you mentioned, the, the axe doesn't seem as important, but when we were talking to Wisconsin guys on Monday, the the feelings of last year and just the not just losing to Minnesota, but the way they did where Minnesota really just controlled that game from the start, took advantage of all the mistakes that Wisconsin made, and there was really just a feeling of disappointment and feeling like, you know, they, they let their, their senior class last year down. And I know there's a lot of just the same guys, same uh, names that are going to be uh, playing on Saturday that were in that game last year. That They have a lot of, you know, anger is probably a fair word, a lot of anger about how they played in that game. They want to take it out on Saturday. So I think it's going to be a really fun one. Colton, I know it was it was sort of a down year by by the Badger standards last year, and you know what what do you attribute the the improvement that we've seen this year? Because now this season we're we're starting to see more of the the Badger team that we've sort of grown accustomed to, and I know Gopher fans don't really want to hear that because the Badgers have been sort of the the, the standard of the Big Ten West uh, certainly since the divisions were formed and even before that um, but what what has been the biggest difference in Wisconsin this year uh, versus last year I think there's just a lot more healthy and a lot and playing a lot better in the front seven you look at just the way that guys like Chris Orr at inside linebacker and Zach Bond at outside linebacker are playing, uh, creating a lot of pass pressure, making a lot of tackles in the run game. And uh, it just seems like they haven't missed as many key pieces on defense as they did last year where maybe they might have had a little bit more talent top to bottom, but that talent wasn't always on the field due to various injuries. So those are the two things that really jump out to me defensively. And I think offensively they're doing a better job not turning the ball over. I mean, Al Hornerbeck is almost kind of like a cuss word here in Wisconsin now. There's not a lot of fans of him left up here. Uh, but I think the way that Jack Cohn's playing, where he's taking care of the ball better than maybe Hornerbrook did last season and in seasons past, uh, that, that's really just gone hand-in-hand with the defense playing better, offense being better, controlling the ball. And I think that's just where the, the two or three biggest areas where they've improved. And then obviously you're having another monster season from Jonathan Taylor uh, that they've kind of puts the team over the top and makes them the contenders that they are. A lot of the talk here locally has been this year how similar these teams are with what they what they do well, what they don't do well, although both teams have combined three losses, I'd argue there's not a lot that they that they don't do well. Weather could be an issue on Saturday. Colton, do you think that that favors the Badgers if the weather's a little inclement because of what they can do with Jonathan Taylor, or do you think that doesn't favor the Badgers. Where are you at on that? What do you think? I think it helps Wisconsin a little bit, only because when you've got bad weather, it's harder to throw downfield. I still think Minnesota's offense will be fine because they're doing so well at the RPO and their offensive line blocking really well in the run game. But when you look at just the dynamic players that Minnesota has in, in Johnson and Bateman to 
maybe take away some of those 30, 40-yard downfield plays that they might be able to make just because of the weather. That that helps Wisconsin's defense a lot. So I, I think it's not as big of a factor because Minnesota has a good running game and can you know play in a phone booth. But uh, the fact that maybe the weather takes away some of those deeper routes does favor Wisconsin a little bit. The way the season shook out, does the loss at Illinois still hurt or does it not really matter because in the end – but the Badgers still have a chance to probably accomplish anything that they would want to as far as winning the West, getting to Indy to play in the Big Ten championship game, or is it possible that that Illinois loss hurt them too bad because other than that, their only loss would have been to Ohio State, and maybe they still have an outside shot at the college football playoff? Yeah, no, I think exactly what you said at the end there. If if you take out the Illinois loss, and even if you make it a close win, which would have been had they just not turned the ball over one more time at the end, I think you're looking at both of these teams between Minnesota and Wisconsin seeing this as whichever team gets to the Big Ten championship, if they win, would have one loss and they beat Ohio State. Like They're a playoff team, just the way that the Big Ten shook out this year. So, yeah, I think that it really does hurt Wisconsin quite a bit having that loss, and especially when you look at, too, having that loss now, even if they were to beat Minnesota on Saturday, they go to the Big Ten championship game, win or lose, it's going to be – or excuse me, if they lose to Ohio State in a Big Ten championship game, now you're looking at a two-loss Wisconsin team, or three-loss, excuse me, three-loss Wisconsin team versus a two-loss Penn State team for the Rose Bowl bid from the Big Ten. So I think it's uh, still a pretty big factor for Wisconsin that uh, that game that they really shouldn't have lost is on their record. Colton, where does Jonathan Taylor rank among Badger running backs of all time? I mean, when you think about the success of that position that, Wisconsin's had you obviously think of Ron Dane you think of Monty Ball uh you know Melvin Gordon certainly and John Clay was pretty good uh during his time there and but where does Jonathan Taylor when you just look at the numbers I mean 1900 yards as a freshman almost 2200 yards last year and and he's going to get to 1700 yards I would think he's at 1685 this year I mean, where does he rank among the that strong stable of running backs that Wisconsin's had? In my opinion, he's second behind uh, Ron Dane at this point. And I, I truly believe that if he was going to come back for his senior year, that he would be able to break some of Dane's records and maybe challenge him for that number one spot. Uh, I just think that the way that he has improved and the things that he's had to deal with uh, as a running back, where you look at two seasons ago, his freshman year, Yes, the passing game was good, and it was a lot of balance, and he could kind of take advantage of that because teams had to worry about the passing game. But to get 2,000 yards last season when you had a really inconsistent pass game, two quarterbacks had to play because of injury, just a lot of things going against you, and then he's still able to produce. Roll that into this year where, you know, unproven quarterback for most of the season and inconsistent pass game until, I'd say, the last month or so still being able to do what he's done. It's just remarkable when the other team knows you're going to give it to a guy 25, 30 times and they still can't stop it consistently. It really just shows how well he's performed and consistently performed even when the other team knows this is you know option number one and two for Wisconsin. Colton Bartholomew from the Wisconsin State Journal is joining us. He is at CBartWSK on Twitter. CBartWSK on Twitter. Colton, this Minnesota team, how are they viewed... I guess I want to shift towards the fans. What's your sense from the fan base? Is this something where they look at what Minnesota's done this year and albeit just one year where it's kind of, oh boy, this we might have awoke something, this is not good, look what's happening at Minnesota, or is it more of, oh, that that's a cute little story? 
You know, unfortunately, I think it's a little more of the latter. I think that people aren't giving with Minnesota the respect that they deserve. And I think the, the way that the schedule shook out for the Gophers this year did that a little bit. I think even after that Penn State win, there, I think there was some looking at what Minnesota had done. is still, still that feeling of, oh, you've only beat one good team so far. And then you go lose to Iowa the next week, and they, I think they kind of put in people's minds, like, oh, they just got up for one game. And I, I don't think that at all. I think Minnesota, the way that they've produced on offense and then their defense being as good as they are at creating turnovers and getting teams in the third and longs, uh, this is going to be a really tough battle for Wisconsin. And I think fans are going to be a little bit surprised when it's late in the third quarter into the fourth quarter and it's maybe a one-possession game either way. I, I just think that Minnesota has done a lot of good things, and uh, I, I don't think they're getting quite the their due yet, but if they were able to win on Saturday, that would be two in a row, and I think people would have, have to open their eyes a little bit. Colton, how good is Jack Cohn? You know, I, he's pretty good. I, I would say, you know, he's a B-level quarterback, like a grading scale about a B. I think he does exactly what he's asked to do, and it's hard to fairly judge him because – if he were asked to throw downfield more or if he was asked to scramble a little more, you know, do different things, maybe he could. We just don't see it because the coaches ask him to really play within 10 to 15 yards of the line of scrimmage, occasionally throw it downfield, maybe to Quintess Cephas or somebody like that. But he's asked to do a pretty limited amount of things as a quarterback, and he does those well. It's just hard to judge him on a, a total scale because we probably only see about 60 to 75% of what he can do. Colton, have you yourself had any experience with game day? And if so, what should we be prepared for? Like ESPN game day? Yeah, ESPN college game day. You ever been around it or been near it when they've been to Madison or maybe if you've been on the road? And if uh, so. I've been, when I was in, in college, I went to a, uh, a Madison game, one of the Ohio State games when they, they came. And it was nuts as a college student because I was, what, eight ish years ago, right about. Um, I, I think it's just. It's crazy to think that people have that much energy at seven or eight o'clock when they storm <laughs> the the uh, the set area, and then they're going to try to contain their carry that over until two or three o'clock in the afternoon for kickoff. So uh, I think it's just going to be one of those days where uh, Minnesota is really going to kind of show like how much support that that team has in that city. Well, they open uh, gates, I think, to get in that pit at five a.m. Colton, and Gosh. I have I have no doubt that Minnesota is ready for this. I I'm a little disappointed that the weather doesn't look like it's going to one hundred percent cooperate, but then again, it's late November, pushing early December in Minnesota, so you just kind of get what you get. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I think the other thing too is that they they, they pushed hard for game day to come and or for that Penn State game ended up not working out. But then now that they have it, I think people are going to want to show you know, that maybe they should have gotten twice already. Well, I mean, PJ did promise that basically 4 million people would show up. So I'm going to be a little, dis- <laughs> I'm going to be a little disappointed and upset if they don't, Colton. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Uh, good luck covering the game on Saturday. We appreciate it. Uh, jumping behind enemy lines, if you will. So thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Colton Bartholomew. Badger football beat reporter from the Wisconsin State Journal, again, at WSK on Twitter. Very appreciative of his time. Some fun stuff right there for yeah. him. I actually, again, we were talking about how honest I thought Brian Cupido was. I thought he had some uh, very good honesty in some of his answers. Yeah, definitely. In, See, in Gopher pouring. fans, not everybody from Wisconsin's bad. <laughs> well, I just, I particularly enjoyed the portion where he referred to Alex Hornibrook being viewed as sort of a cuss word, a cuss word. in Madison yeah. now. Um but yeah, I mean it's it it's uh it's an interesting 
dynamic now with with this game and this rivalry and you've got two teams that are very very different in that the Gophers are a team that you know certainly has a running game with sort of a three-headed three-headed monster with 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 Brooks and Ibrahim and and uh, certainly Rodney Smith but the the Gophers are a pass first team this their their bread and butter for their offense is throwing the football down the field to these receivers and Wisconsin is still sort of the same team that they've always been since Barry Alvarez got there in the early 90s where they're going to run it down your throat, they're going to play good defense, they're going to control the clock, and it has worked for them. It's, you know, and that's that's not a that's not a slight to them. It's obviously made them very successful, and it's just it's just a fascinating matchup. Yeah, and Manny earlier on I talked about the teams being similar. They do a lot of things very similar, very well, right? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the Gophers are much better, in, at least you'd think, in the passing game. Maybe, yep. may, I think a lot of Wisconsin fans would tell you if you if we passed more, we you'd, you'd see it, right? Yeah. We, we could have better numbers. We just don't need to. I'm so intrigued for so many reasons for this game on Saturday. I'm also intrigued to see what, what does the crowd look like? Yeah. Because it is sold out. I don't think the weather will play any role. I think everybody will be in their seats. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I hope this doesn't come across as negative, I don't think this crowd is going to be as pro-Gophers as the Penn State game was. I, oh, certainly I, not. I'm guessing there's 25% of tickets that were purchased by Badger fans. Oh, for sure. Well in advance. I know they returned 600 tickets, which I'm assuming Gopher fans ate up. Mm-hmm. That's great, but that's 600 tickets of 51,000. Right. Right? Yep. I'm... I'm expecting a good Badger Badger contingent and that's totally fine. I just want to see what is that? Is it yeah. is it 30%? Is it more? Is it less than 20? I'm thinking it's going to be like 75-25, which to me is still a lot of Badger fans, but I can live with that. That's just another intriguing angle that for the most part doesn't have a ton to do with the game. If the Gophers have 75% of the crowd, their their crowd their fans yeah. will be heard. Yeah, well, and and the thing of it is, is this is what makes when you have crowds like that that are a little bit closer to mixed versus one sided. That's what makes these rivalry games so good. You know, we got the Iron Bowl this week too, Ross, and you know it's going to be in Auburn. You think? I mean, you think a good portion of Alabama fans won't be at at Jordan Hare Stadium? Oh, they'll absolutely be like, there. I mean, it's it's these are these are what rivalry games are, and so. I don't think there is any shame in in the fact that there's going to be a good portion of Badger fans at TCF Bank Stadium on Saturday. It's, you know, ultimately this game and where this rivalry is at is going to be decided on the football field, regardless of, you know, how many Badger fans are in are in the building. And the reality is, is there are going to be some Badger fans in the building, a good portion of them. And that that I think that means that this rivalry certainly right now, is about as healthy as it's ever been. So I have said, I, I don't know if I've ever said this on air, but I truly do believe this. When the Gophers beat Wisconsin last year at Camp Randall, that was, okay, game on. The rivalry has been jump-started. Mm-hmm. For years, I told you, yeah, technically it's a rivalry. They've been playing for literally the over 100 rivalry, years. rivalry, I think, in college football. I think 60-60-8, and eight, right? Correct. This yep. Saturday will, will be the tiebreaker. They can't tie. Somebody's going to pull ahead (laughs) on Saturday. But again, I said jump-started, kind of kick-started. In Mm -hmm. my opinion, the rivalry is really renewed 6 o'clock Saturday. 
Yeah. Somebody's going to be really upset that they don't have the axe. They're not going to Indy for the Big Ten title game. They're not going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Somebody's going to be really upset. And on the other side, somebody's going to be incredibly happy. Last year's win was big. It obviously helped jumpstart what has happened this year. But if you're Minnesota and you beat them twice in a row, especially with all that's on the line, that's a huge deal. Yeah, it's major. And I think when you think about the people that we've talked to, you know, our our guy here, Danny Cunningham, who covered the Badgers for a year in, in Madison before coming here and joining us at Score North, you know, he Danny still talks to, he still knows a couple of players that are on the Wisconsin team. And he he told me weeks ago, months ago, that those guys even told him that they have not forgotten about what happened in Madison last year when the Gophers, quite frankly, went into went into Camp Randall Stadium and just kicked the crap out of the Badgers. I mean, the, the Gophers dominated that game from start to finish, and those players have not forgotten about that. We heard Colton mention that as well when we talked with him that these guys that team has not forgotten about it, and so they they want that axe back because I and I and I think Ross. When you think about where the rivalry has been, or or at least how the rivalry has been, certainly for the last two decades or so, where let's just be honest here, the Badgers have dominated. You know, there was before last year, there was a basically a fifteen year period where the Badgers were winning and keeping the axe every single year. Those players know that, and from their perspective, they believe that. Paul Bunyan's axe belongs in Camp Randall Stadium or it belongs in Madison every single year and that when it's taken away from them, they take it very personally. And so, I mean, obviously over here, as Gopher observers, as let's be honest, Gopher fans, we want to see that axe stay here in Minneapolis. And so, game on, man. The Gophers have a history of getting really nice wins in these rivalry games. Uh, uh, history might not be the right word when you're talking about Wisconsin, but here's what I'm getting at. They have nice wins over Iowa in recent memory. They have mm-hmm. nice wins over Michigan in recent memory. Obviously, Penn State and now Wisconsin. What they have always struggled to do in my entire life is hold on to those trophies for quite some time. Yeah. It would be nice to hold on to one of these for a few years. And if you're talking the axe, that entails going back to Camp Randall next year and what will probably be little bit later on in the season i believe so uh, probably mm-hmm. another meaningful game yeah it would be a ton of fun yeah it would be and and i think that's that's a great point because we've seen the gophers sort of have these pop-up wins last year was kind of a pop-up win in and camp randall and the question has always been okay can you continue this can you build on this can you hold on to this trophy for a couple of more years and i think that's what makes Saturday's game, when you consider everything that's going to be on the line, obviously the division title is is the big, it's it's the main course of this Thanksgiving dinner. Look at you. Um, this, this, it, it, this is the turkey the, for the for the division. The division is is the turkey here, but got some dressing. You know the the axe is kind of the dressing here. You want the dressing too. As a part of the meal, if that makes sense. Chef Manny. <laughs> the hotter the water, the better the broth. The hotter, <laughs> the, better, the better the gravy. Manny, I, before we get out of here, I, I want to talk about this. I want to bring up the difference in the coaches. We, yeah. we brought it up a little bit with, with Ben. I think the difference in the coaches here is it's 
from afar, it's kind of fun to watch because you and I have talked for years and plenty of other people have said this. This is not a hot take. There are multiple different ways to win football games as a coach, right? Screamers have won national championships and Super Bowls. As Ben pointed out, guys like Tony Dungy, who you know can barely raise their voice past a, you know whatever a mouse sounds like. What does a mouse sound like? They they chirp. They, they squeak yeah. a little bit. I yeah, guess. this is an, <laughs> an awful comparison. Fully admit it. But anybody can win, right? But it is just kind of funny when you get to a game as important as this. We couldn't have guys any more opposite, right? Yeah, I, I mean, know. You, you just you couldn't. One is to his credit, very ho hum. Doesn't give you a ton, very laid back. And the other one gives you a lot and is not laid back. <laughs> and guess what? They're both winning at a high level. Yeah, they're both successful. And I think it shows that there is no right or wrong way to, well, I shouldn't say, I mean, there is a wrong way to build a college football program, obviously, but there, there's no, there's no perfect science. Tim Brewster. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> get your chili hot. Um, but it, I think what it says is that there is no perfect science to it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. I mean, it's you don't necessarily – I think Paul Christ is showing that you don't necessarily have to be a rah-rah guy. I think – and Ben mentioned this when we talked with him. As long as I think you can get kids to trust you, believe in you, buy into what you're what you're – preaching to them and and the the values that you're trying to instill in them and obviously you trust them to develop you as a as a young adult and certainly as a football player that's all these kids really care about and it doesn't matter if you're laid back and chill like Paul Christ or you're if you're flamboyant and outspoken and with this huge personality like PJ Fleck both guys are showing that it works PJ Fleck is 10 and 1 he took Western Michigan to a cotton bowl a couple of years ago. It's part of what got him the job here at Minnesota. It worked. It can work. It can continue to work. Paul Christ had success in Pittsburgh as a, as a head coach. He was a offensive coordinator in Wisconsin before that very laid back, chill, not a really, not a very flamboyant personality. It's obviously working for him in Wisconsin as well. So there's no perfect way to do it. There's no, exact science it's just a matter of being able to connect with kids being able to develop the talent and being able to coach them up as well on on saturday afternoons that's what it comes down to and both of these head coaches are doing that the way i am leaning towards on saturday manny as far as i'm i'm gonna let everybody know as far as who i think is gonna win the game does not have a lot to do with x's and o's Mm -hmm. for me it's more of it's a it's really just a gut feeling and the gut feeling is, honestly, if not now, when? Yeah. If you're not going to beat the Badgers this <laughs> Saturday and win the Big Ten West, which I admit to the coaching staff and for most, that's not the end game. But to a lot of fans, that's a great first present on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, yeah. right? If you're not going to beat the Badgers this Saturday at home and take that monumental step, this would be the ultimate tease at this point, right? Yeah. With all Gopher fans have been through since 1967. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just feel like everything's been building to this point. I didn't want to lose to Iowa, but I feel like the loss to Iowa could be very helpful. 
right? Yeah. It, 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 in in retrospect, if you use it correctly, it wasn't, hey, let's let's go out and purposely lose a game so we can use it as a teaching lesson. Right. Not saying that at all, but I think that can be helpful. I think some sloppy and missed tackles at Northwestern could be helpful for this week, mm-hmm. right? Attention to detail. And don't think the Badgers aren't doing the same thing. They put the ball on the turf an awful lot last Saturday against Purdue. Yeah. I don't expect that this Saturday. They're going to clean that up, I, for I, sure. I feel like that's going to be cleaned up. Can can you get a fumble, mainly? Or can you get a fumble? Yeah, I think you probably can. Are you going to get three or four, even with potential inclement weather? I'm not sure. I do think this is total coach speak, easiest thing to say. The team that wins the turnover battle is probably going to win. And yeah. I And I told you in passing... If the Gophers hold Jonathan Taylor to under 150 yards and two touchdowns, I think they more than likely win the game. Yeah. I, I think the Gophers are going to win. I actually wouldn't be shocked if this is more of a statement game than Penn State, where you look up in the fourth quarter and go, oh, we've got double-digit lead. Yeah, it's 28-17. to 17. Yeah. But, like, I, but I yeah. also wouldn't be shocked if it goes the other way. Not, not in the least. I'm not discrediting Wisconsin at all. Again, my thought is just, if you're not going to do it this Saturday, yeah. Will it ever happen? I'm not saying I have no faith in PJ to get the team back to this point in the future years. I'm just saying for the here and now, it just seems like it just almost has to happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you, and, and I think that's really the only way I can look at it is I, I just it, it's a it's a hard game to pick as far as matchups and X's and O's and. You know, the weather is obviously going to be, you know, I don't know how much of a factor, but it's going to be somewhat of a factor, I think, at least on Saturday. Uh, so I, I don't know how to break down this game from a matchup standpoint, from a football standpoint. It just, I think it goes back to what you said about if it's not now, then when when will it happen for this program? And I, I remember telling you a few weeks ago, maybe even being, been maybe even be like a month or so ago now, that this gopher season just kind of has a 1995 Northwestern feel to it where, you know, that Northwestern team, I mean, nobody expected them to, to do that, to, to come out with that sort of a season to go 11 and one or 10 and one. I think it was, I think they only played 11 games at the time. And then go on to play, you know, win the Big Ten and then go on to play in the Rose Bowl where they ultimately fell to USC. But, you know, this just has that same sort of feel to it with this Gopher team. Like, it just feels like everything sort of aligned as well as it possibly could for them. You know, and and I don't, I just don't know if, it's hard to really see it happening differently for them. And, And I remember... Ross, you remember that 95 Northwestern team? I mean, we were kids at the time, but... It would have been nine, nine or ten, depending yeah. on when the season ended. Na- 1995, I was 11. and Actually, that's impossible. I only would have been as old as nine. <laughs> but... I do remember it, though. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very similar in that, you know, they had the big road win at Notre Dame that year, I remember. It was, that was earlier in the season, and that kind of turned everybody's head like, whoa, Northwestern just beat Notre Dame? Like, Whoa, you know, like like that was Lou Holtz, Notre Dame. And then, but like the big moment, the big game of them for that season was the home game against Penn State. And it was on ABC. It was Keith Jackson calling the game on ABC. Whoa, Nelly. At, at Ryan Field. And Northwestern just, they, they beat Penn State. They found a way to win, and it just propelled them on to 
having a great season. And I, this this Gopher season roster just has that same sort of feel to me. I, I don't know. I just have this feeling they're going to win on Saturday. You still have to put in the work and make it happen. Absolutely, but yeah. host Penn State game, and as, as the clock's ticking down and the game's over and you know the game won, and I mentioned this on a Score North Gopher show, I mentioned this with Phil Mackey when he joined, that felt a little bit like an exorcism. Right, you were yeah. getting you were getting rid of all your bad demons. Saturday feels like it has the chance to be a coronation. Yeah. And to have to have all of that in one season would be a ton of fun. I I'm hoping for the best. I also as a as a fan and somebody who likes to be as objective as possible, I also want to try and be prepared for if it doesn't happen cuz sure, look, I, I I haven't given up on the program. I'm never going to. If if I was going to, I I would have by now. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's it's not going to be that way. At worst, you're playing on New Year's Day. At best, if they win on Saturday, we're doing another midweek edition this time next week, previewing the Gophers in Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, I, I look for at the it, Big Ten title. Yeah, it's it's just incredible to think about. I I look at it this way: if they lose Saturday, it would be a disappointment, and and I think a rather huge disappointment, considering where the team is at and what yep. what's at stake and everything. Uh, initially, yes, yes, but I think. Big picture, what this season overall has meant for the program, I think, is still can still be viewed as a positive thing and a success, regardless of what happens on Saturday. But I think, obviously, a win would be amazing and incredible, and and I do think that they are going to win. But I, I do think that a loss would be a disappointment, but I don't think that it would mean that that – I don't think it would take away from what this whole season has meant so far, if that makes sense. Well, regardless, we're going to have you covered here at Score North at scorenorth.com in this feed with the Score North Gophers show and other content. Mackie and Judd with Rami, win or lose, we will, uh, what's the football term that everybody likes to use? We'll cover you with a blanket <laughs> right here on yes. Score North. And Manny, as we exit, if you like the Score North Gophers show, a good reminder. Please rate us favorably on Apple, a five-star review. Hey, maybe you're listening on Spotify, our free Score North mobile app, or at scorenorth.com. We greatly appreciate it. As always, Manny, just a ton of fun. We should get together more often. Yeah, I love these. I love doing these with you, man. It's always fun. You and I both have a strong passion for gopher athletics and particularly gopher football and uh so anytime i can get on this pod with you it's it's always a good time your homework assignment because i i think we both can be very creative if we did a weekly pod or a twice weekly pod together what would the name be heck if you're listening to this tweet at tweet us at manny hill 84 on twitter or at brendel ross what would ross and manny name their pod (laughs) it's a tough one that'll do it for this edition of the score north gophers show win or lose i'm back next week with the midweek edition thanks for listening